Hey, squirrel friends, it's JBC. Be sure to catch an all-new episode of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on the WOW Presents Plus app. Subscribe for only $3.99 a month for all the extra hot northern tea you can handle. Start your free trial now. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, aka JBC, resident judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend, spirit guide for all things Canada's Drag Race. I'm going to be joined every week by some incredible extra special guests, queens, and members of our Drag Race family as we recap each week's episode from top to bottom you'll get an inside peek into what we see from up on the judges panel and i'll kiki with the eliminated queen of the week about her experience in the workroom and on the main stage after she done already done had horses but before we get into it fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what spoilers so be sure to watch along with us and stay up to date on all new episodes of canada's drag race every thursday night on wow presents plus in the united states and select territories on crave in canada bbc3 in the uk and stan in australia and now ladies and gentle them start your engines and may the best woman win Hey, squirrel friends, I'm here with the first Canadian queen to Shantae into the workroom across the pond. From RuPaul's Drag Race UK, it's Crystal. Hi. Hello, Crystal with her pistol. Hi, Jeffrey. Nice to see you. Oh, honey, it's so good to see you. How are you with that sunshiny smile? I'm fantastic. Um, Yeah, just, you know, living my life, living my lockdown life, but... um, you know, it's been fine, hasn't it? Are you, are you, you're, you're over in London still? I am, yeah. Um, and it's been like, like everyone else, everything's been cancelled, but um, I'm still feeling, uh, I'm still feeling blessed and highly flavored, you know? It's, it's been a good year mm. and I have got no complaints. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Is there, is life back to like some semblance of normalcy over there? I mean, I'm here in Los Angeles. I'm here in Los Angeles and we're basically back in like, you know, phase one again. Yeah, no, we're definitely like staggering towards it much more than you guys. Uh, I've got a gig in front of an audience this weekend. So, (gasps) I mean, that is going to be mind blowing. That's so exciting. I know, I know. (laughs) It's outside in the day in 30 degree heat. So, you know, it might not be like the full fantasy, but I'll take what I can get at this point. (laughs) Girl, as will the fans. They will take what they can get. And I'm sure they are going to be be grateful to get it. Um, So I was going to ask if you've been keeping up and watching Canada's Drag Race, but now I've just learned that you were doing all of the recaps for BBC. Yeah, yeah, you should please come check out my own little recaps on my Instagram TV. They're just like two minute little comedy, comedy recaps. So it's nothing like this, no deep dives. But um, yeah, I've been loving the series. Been loving it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I can't wait to check it out. I definitely will. Um, you've seen more than me at this point, which is hilarious. <laughs> but I was gonna make a joke like an Anastasia. I've never seen Drag Race. What is it? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was such a moment. So I've been I've been looking forward to this episode for so long now, and this was one of my favorite mini challenges of the season. And you got to get up close and personal with our queens to see firsthand what they're serving this season. Uh, yes. What do you what, what do you what are you thinking of the queens? What are your first impressions so far? Oh my god! So I I'm just rooting for all of them so much, and uh, I know we've had a US season since my series. But this mm-hmm. Canadian season is just really resonating with me. And I don't know if it's because they're Canadian or if I think it's maybe a little bit, they feel a bit like underdogs and the same way that mm-hmm. the UK series did. Like it's mm-hmm. got this kind of rawness and you're not, your expectations are different because it's series one. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like really like protective and like motherly towards them all, even though mm-hmm. I have no justification for that. Cause I'm like six months further along than them. But <laughs> they're, they're like, I just, like, I just want the best for all of these queens so much. And I'm, like, I'm loving watching them. Yeah, me too. And six months in Drag Race World is an eternity. Yeah, it yeah, is. But, that is true. Yeah. You've been you've been living in London for the past decade and were the first Canadian queen to compete on an international uh, main stage of Drag Race. But you've been gone for Canada for quite some time. But were you familiar with any of these Canadian queens? No. So the first time I met any of them I think was in the main stage, uh, in the, in the workroom, sorry. Um, so I, I started drag after I moved to London, like five years ago, I wasn't really in the drag scene before I moved to the UK. So I like my knowledge of Canadian drag is nothing except like what mm. I would see in my local gay bar. Um, mm. I probably have seen Rita Baga perform cause I used to go out in Montreal all the time. Like I've probably seen her, but I don't remember seeing her that makes sense well watching the series now firsthand are there any like immediate or obvious differences for you that you're picking up between american drag culture british drag culture and the canadian drag scene uh so i think i think it's kind of what everyone's been saying but there's this like rawness to them which is amazing they've got Mm -hmm. their own sense of humor um i think they all seem really grateful to be there Mm -hmm. it's the same as the uk like we never thought this was going to be an option for us um so when someone's like here you go. Suddenly this thing that you've kind of always dreamed of, but never really, never really dreamed of because you never thought it could happen for you Mm -hmm. has here you go. Like that's just such a gift. And I think you can see that in them that they've got that, like that great, that gratitude Um, in terms of differences in drag. Like, I don't know, the UK is like a bit rough around the edges. And I think there's that some of that in Canada as well. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's just a rawness, I would say. Mm, Yeah. I feel that. Well, let's deep dive into the rawness, shall we, and get into it. So we pick up with the queens entering the workroom after Kiara's elimination, and all of them are ready to celebrate being in the top seven, which is fine by Scarlet Bobo because all of the other queens are apparently getting on her nerves at this point. Scarlet Bobo, yeah, she's had it. Yeah. She's had it. Officially. Yeah. Jimbo and the queens are celebrating being in the winner's circle, and Priyanka is seeing herself, Rita Bega, Jimbo, and Lemon as the top threats of the season, leaving Scarlet Bobo, Boa, and Alona Verley in the dust, even though Bobo and Boa have yet to be in the bottom two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you start to get that sense around this point in the competition where the strengths are and 
and where you can almost start to see where the where the chips are going to fall like who's next to mm-hmm. go you can get mm-hmm. a sense of it and um and i'm sure that's what scarlet Bob was freaking out about right now because she's like i haven't won anything i've just been safe that means like mm-hmm. unless i unless i shoot out of the gate like my time my time is numbered and you can just tell she's feeling that pressure she's like yeah she's close to breaking right unless she somehow sasha valores this shit the odds aren't looking in her favor well it's it's a new day in the workroom and the queens are chatting about priyanka winning her lip sync last week she's sad that kiara is gone but happy that she had the opportunity to perform for us because that's where she really shines uh with kiara gone rita bega is the last french canadian queen standing and in some unseen footage from last week's episode on the main stage, we get to see Stacey McKenzie warning Boa that she better bring it. Wake up, stop sleeping, and bring it. And Bobo starts to get into Boa's head a little bit by saying it's reminiscent of Tainomi's last warning. Uh, oh, I mean, and it's just those... Just, all it takes is a little sprinkle of doubt like that to really get you, get you on the train wreck to, like to self-delusion and self-destruction land right it's like it's like a fertilizer for the inner Uh saboteur Mm -hmm. (laughs) fertilizer well well, uh rue delivers a distraction and pops up on the big screen with uh you know just like this just effervescent stunning auric glow about her that she always has effortlessly and hits the queens with some legal jargon upon which I enter the workroom and let the queens know that we're having a star 69 kind of time with a mystery caller as our girls are going to be working psychic hotlines, which is just like straight up salt in the wound for Priyanka after her performance last week in the snatch game. Yeah. Poor Priyanka. (laughs) The timing really couldn't be worse, truthfully or better, depending on how you're looking at it. Right. It's destiny. It's destiny. Yeah, exactly. Well, in this moment, we get to meet our mystery caller from Drag Race UK. It's the one and only you, Crystal. Oh my god, it's me. Oh my god. (laughs) I look amazing. God, you look spectacular. (laughs) You used to be the one and only Crystal. But now, uh, from season 12 of of RuPaul's Drag Race, we have Crystal Method in the fam as well. Have you met Crystal Method? Just over IG, uh, yeah, like we did a live together. I mean, she's amazing. What a, if someone has to steal my name, I'm glad it was her. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah. Well, well, you now, for the first time, get to see what you didn't see in the moment. The Queen's actually performing as their psychic hotline operators without a wall dividing the two of you. So I want to know, I want to hear everything that you're thinking. What did you think seeing the Queen's in this challenge i had no idea what was going on and all i could see was your face like (laughs) losing your shit laughing at them and like i could tell something like i think maybe boa was smacking into the wall i was like this is gonna collapse on me um Mm -hmm. like i could sense a lot of chaotic energy just mere feet away from me but i really couldn't tell what was going on so i ended up like loving the ones that gave me just comedy down the line instead of mm-hmm. instead of now when you watch it you see a lot of physical comedy too and that just didn't i, I didn't get any of that right yeah for yeah. obvious reasons were there any standouts for you i think priyanka certainly redeemed herself from last week's miss cleo in my in my books i just love that she tapped into the the whole ghost you in danger girl vibes uh-huh uh-huh yeah she was really great at just like bouncing back and forth and then yeah. lemon like lemon just had me laughing instantly uh 
like that was my first impression of Lemon, and I was just so impressed with the comedy. I thought she was hilarious, and I like the whole series. Now, now I've seen her, I've just like everything she does to me is hilarious. I think she's so 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 funny. So, um, yeah, Lemon was a deserving winner of that. I think. Yeah, I agree. The other queen who really had me in tears during that challenge was Boa, who was doing double duty as a psychic slash stripper serving four yeah. boobs for the price of two. She was hilarious. But like you said, it was so much of the comedy was wrapped up in the physicality, which you yeah. I mean, you and I were the ones at the end of the day who decided who the winner was. And Lemon had this incredible ability of being able to make you laugh with what was actually coming out of her mouth while making me die seeing her with the physical comedy. I mean, she really yeah. delivered on on all ends so she's the very deserving winner of this week's mini challenge lemon who who already knew we were going to say that by the way yes <laughs> i mean she had a feeling i don't it was yeah. in the cards i'm sure <laughs> yeah she walks away with a thousand dollars in eyewear from bailey nelson you leave the queens with some sage words of wisdom which are oh stay sparkly transparent and cheap just like me Girl, <laughs> just a lifetime of wisdom encapsulated in that Absolutely. one Absolutely. You know, Jeffrey, I was so worried when I came through that door. I was like, they're not going to know who I am. Because I don't think our, I don't think our series, like, I think we'd had like three episodes out before they went into the competition. So I was like, they're going to have no idea who I am. And they're going to have to do that embarrassing thing where they're like, so happy to, to see you. Like, <laughs> I've got no idea who this bitch is. So, but actually, I think they did know who I was. And it was really a, quite a relief. Crystal, not only did they know who you were, they were legitimately gagged to see you. And I think that it was so, it was such a breath of fresh air that they needed because they had been in this like very strict little bubble for the past couple of weeks with no points of references for the outside world aside for their fellow sisters and the crew around them. And then to see somebody who had been through the exact experience that they had mm -hmm. been through and had lived to tell the tale and had come out on the other side of it and was like reaping the benefits and traveling the world and it was just i think i think you served as such a source of inspiration for them in that moment oh stop <laughs> it, was, just... it was so fun to be there and like you were so kind to me backstage like i was still very very green at that moment like our series hadn't even finished airing when we were filming that so i was like god i'm just like back in back in i haven't even had yeah. really had a chance to process and you were so kind to be like let's go through our bits together and and also just being able to wander around backstage with a phone and take selfies. I was like, this is such a treat. <laughs> Isn't it being on, being on the other side of it? Yes. What yeah. a blessing. Well, yeah. I, I, can, I can say the same thing about you. You brought just the loveliest energy from the moment you stepped foot onto set with us. You were so excited to be there. You had literally just flown in from London and, and had come <laughs> to do this like little one day gag with us. Yeah. So we were just, we were so grateful. I mean, it, it really did for us, for myself, Brooklyn, and Stacey, it felt like it brought a level of, I don't even know how to say this, legitimacy to what we were doing. Because it, up until that point, it was like just, like just like the Queens. It was just us in this little bubble. And then to have you as this like you know, this point of reference for, for the, for the international franchise that Drag Race is and coming and joining us for this challenge. It just felt like we were validated in that moment. So wow. No one has ever called me validating before, but I will take it. I love it. Take it, girl. <laughs> take it, girl. Take it all. Take it to the bank, honey. 
Well, um, after you sashay out of the workroom, I introduce this week's Maxi Challenge. The queens are going to be creating their own late-night law firm commercials. And as the winner of this week's mini-challenge, Lemon gets to choose the team. So she pairs up the sissies, Alona Burley and Scarlet Bobo, who is not looking too pleased about it. <laughs> Anytime you see Scarlet Bobo's face in this episode, she is giving extreme stank eye, and I love it. She's just like, this is not her week. She's had enough. She wants to go back and have a nap and untucked again. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> that was a moment. That I, was a I, moment. I get it. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just like, these. I hate all of these girls. Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I want to know, was it just as cold for y'all on on the set of the RuPaul's Drag Race UK as it, as it has been for us on the American show and on the Canadian show? No, we had the exact opposite problem. It was way too hot. The bulbs that they used um, in the, around the mirror where, where the makeup station is, like, I don't know if they got the wrong ones, but they were so hot. They were like heat lamps. So all of our makeup melted. Like, I can just even show oh, you gosh. this right now. Like, I still got this makeup and <gasps> the lid... The lid melted in half, like plastic melting. So, <laughs> so imagine trying to like get ready, and you're like, "This is the most important face I've ever beat," and it's like running ah! off you. <laughs> it's drag race does climate change internationally. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's either going to be cold or hot. You can't have it a nice medium. It's a sensible no. seventy four. Right. <laughs> that was a good callback. That was a great <laughs> callback, Crystal. <laughs> Love you, Juju. So next up, uh, Lemon pairs herself with Priyanka. And the final trio is Rita Baga, Boa, and Jimbo. And I get to chat with the queens about their law firm commercials and see where they're at with their ideas. Priyanka and Lemon are feeling confident and ambitious. And I tell them to tap into their authenticity and drown out the bullshit so that they can shine. Was this something that you had to deal with and battle against uh, while you know getting out of your own head so you could be present for? the the challenges at hand yeah absolutely the second i finished filming and i was eliminated i was like oh i wish i just stopped thinking so much and just had fun because Mm. you are so worried about doing well in the challenge that you forget you're also making a tv show sometimes and you like Mm. you stop giving entertainment and also like it's a 360 degree like challenge the the whole tv show is so you've you can't just think about what the end product is going to be. You have to think about all of the steps along the way. Um, mm. So there's that side of it. And then, yeah, I'm like, I am such an overthinker about everything that I do. I love to be incredibly prepared and drag race does not give you the time to do that. Like, it's, it's very, it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's a drag race, honey. It is yeah. a drag race. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Scarlet Bobo and Alona, neither of these sissies have won a maxi challenge at this point. So I tell them that they got to do whatever they got to do to fucking pop. It's tough. It's tough, especially in it's in, in uh, when you're not doing a solo challenge, when you're doing a group challenge, it's like, how do you play? Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you bring in that team energy while also still like making sure that you are the mm-hmm. one who shines at the end of the day? It's not an easy mm-hmm. challenge. Rita Bega, Jimbo, and Boa talk about the worst things that have happened at a gay bar with bachelorette parties in the house. And Rita shares one of my favorite stories of the season about getting a finger up her ass. Ridiculous. This is, I mean, this is this is a teachable moment. Do not touch yeah. without consent. Get off the yeah. stage. Respect the performers. What have you must have some crazy ass. I mean, stories. I hope, yes, I do. I but I hope Rita got a big tip. 
That's all I got. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think she got more than just the tip. Yeah, honey. more than just the tip. Um, yeah, I I remember crowd surfing once for like a very drunk, very straight audience. Um, there were like two hundred people in this big tent. It was like a festival, and I was like, I'm going to crowd surf. It's going to be a moment, and like. As I was out there in the sea of people, someone snatched off my wig, someone else someone else snatched off my wig cap, and then someone pulled my dress up and someone else started rolling my tights down. So I was there like being completely stripped naked, like being held aloft by a sea of people. It was kind of the best thing ever, but also like absolutely awful. <laughs> I was so angry when I got down. You can you can slip me a finger, but do not take my wig off. <laughs> We all have our boundaries, darling. Yeah. We all have our boundaries. No, but I think Rita really summed it up so well. Like, it's just about respect, isn't it? And just treating people how you want to be treated. And um, some drag queens love to be touched when they're in drag and some don't. But, like, don't assume. Mm, I think that's the biggest teachable moment. Don't assume. Right. Well, Stacey McKenzie looking sensational as ever in her Beyonce yellow head wrap meets the queens of the green screen to be their stage mom, but a cool mom. So <laughs> first up, uh, she she coaches Team Priyanka and Lemon, who are padding their poom pooms to a pulp. Lemon works a jump split gag, and I love Stacey McKenzie so much. I just love I I love her so much, and her reactions to these two are so priceless. What were you feeling in that moment watching Lemon do this? Yeah, I I mean Lemon was amazing. That jump split was amazing. Her holding it like like that's pure witchcraft. And then I love <laughs> I love I love Stacey. You're right because it's like it's like some of these things she's seeing for the first time, and so you get yeah. to kind of experience that that through her eyes and it's it's mm-hmm. so great she's just so like unfiltered i absolutely love stacy i do too it's just like seeing her face watching these challenges it's just like we're immediately reminded yeah. that like she is no longer sitting on the panel of america's next top model welcome, welcome, welcome to drag a, race Hunter. just a slight difference yeah <laughs> Well, next up, we have Team Jimbo, Rita Baga, and Boa. And these queens seem to be running out of time quite quickly. They have lots of props, lots of background actors utilizing the pit crew. Jimbo says that she's taking my critique, that I want her to take up more space and be louder unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And that she does that she did done with it's my special day (laughs) it's my special day genius brilliant also can we take a moment for the pit crew dancing on chairs as though they're podiums amazing (laughs) they they really committed no yeah exactly (laughs) they let they let us feel that fantasy (laughs) yeah i have i have a feeling it wasn't their first time acting as wild wild guess maybe i'm wrong and last but not last but not least, we have Team Alona Verley and Scarlet Bobo as the sissies, and these two get halfway through their filming time before Stacy asks if they're going to utilize any number of the abundance of props provided for their use. It is, I mean, it's just when you're focused on one thing, I guess it's hard to yeah. see the whole picture sometimes. But yeah. Alona, I was just going to say, if I never hear the word sissy again, it will be too soon. I, <laughs> I'm done. I don't think I don't think you're the only one, Hunter. We'll get into yeah. that in a bit, right? <laughs> Well, to, to to cap off this scene, Alona spits on Bobo and Bobo smacks her in the face for that move. And I'm just like, I'm just I'm just as entertained by watching these queens as I am by watching Stacy being entertained by these queens. Absolutely. 
it's like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, like just all yeah. claws and like. <laughs> and Scarlet, Bob, I think Scarlet's just been waiting for an opportunity to like get rid of some of that frustration she's been feeling. She's like, finally, let me yeah. take it out on her. <laughs> it all worked out in her favor in the end. Yeah. Well, next we cut to uh, back in the workroom. It is elimination day. All of the queens just like you, Crystal, seem to be getting sick of the sissy act. And Bobo lets Lemon know that she thought that pairing the sissies together was a shady move, to which Lemon <laughs> immediately retorts, oh, so you don't think that your sissy is talented? That is a yeah, reason why she won the reading challenge. There is a reason why she won the reading challenge, girl. Yeah, you you can't complain about your partner to someone else in front of your partner. It's just not going to make you look great. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like they've been, they've worked together a lot. It's important on Drag Race to shine in your own right. You've got to find ways to stand out. I, I couldn't totally understand why they would be frustrated about doing another thing together. But then um, Alona seems quite happy with it because I think it's comfortable and it's, and it's safe. So mm. yeah, it's a tough one. Got to keep reinventing yourself on Drag Race. And if you start to play it safe, then that's when you start to get into trouble. Mm. Definitely. I think that's a great assessment. Um, well, we we step into a moment that's a little bit heavier as the queens um, connect and share their own personal stories while getting getting ready and getting beat for the main stage. Boa shares her story of being sexually assaulted during a hookup a few years ago. A man who physically assaulted her when she refused to have sex with him. It's so it's so scary she posted a selfie of her bruised and swollen face on her social media and her community rallied behind her to go start a a gofundme to help her through this extraordinarily challenging time i just think it's so important and so brave of her to share this story because i feel like Mm -hmm. it's not a story that is very often told publicly from the male perspective yeah i think that's exactly it it's like it's uh it's important that we understand that like sexual violence can happen to anyone Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks that it's just so heartbreaking for Boa. Like, uh, what an awful thing to experience. And I hope that she's, I hope that she's had some counseling after that. Cause that's, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. will like really mess you up. So I just really hope she's all right. And she's dealing with it. Yeah. seems like she's, so. she seems like she has, like, she's able to talk about it in a really, um, quite clear and, um, mm-hmm. kind of with some distance. So I think, yeah, I think it's really amazing that she can share that that way. I agree. And just sharing sharing her own lived experiences is, is just her being used for a purpose greater than herself because I know that if it affected mm-hmm. me in the way that it did and, and resonated with you in the way that it did, it's only it's inevitable that it will it will touch the hearts of of all the other viewers out there in the world. Um, Priyanka steps in with with a really heartfelt moment saying that she has a theory that drag queens are the mascot the mascots of the queer community. I loved this. She says you you all have a, a platform and a microphone and a stage and can educate people. What a great perspective. Absolutely. And we're we're like as sweaty as mascots too. Like if just think of the inside <laughs> of those plush suits. <laughs> sexy. <laughs> so sexy. Well, out on the main stage, we have our first cis het dude to join us. Tom Green, who sashays oh, down the runway. What are you thinking? What are you thinking when you first saw Tom Green? I was just I was just so surprised to see him. Like, it's just so incongruous. Tom, Tom Green and Drag Race are not things that you would anticipate coming together in in mm-hmm. any world. But then it's it also makes sense because he's, he's like straight male camp. Yeah. Like, 
um, he definitely understands camp. So, it, it, and it, like, I loved him as a judge. Um, I did too. I think, I don't know, was Tom Green a thing in the US, do you know? Or is he like really Canadian? I, th I think I think that I mean he had his show, the Tom Green show, which I think aired on MTV, and then he married Drew Barrymore. Of course like, back he in the did. Early 2000s. Remember that? So I think that that's how he like started to get more acclaim or recognition in the in the United States. Because he was in Charlie's Angels. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I guess that's what that's what that's what happens when your when your partner's the producer and star of the film, huh? <laughs> It's, it's it's all you got to do. Well, yeah. um, I I he he was our first cis het male on the main stage with us. Uh, he he was remi reminding me of like Joel McHale on mm -hmm. uh, when he when he guest judged mm -hmm. on RuPaul's Drag Race. But truthfully, Tom was he was so he was just so keen to be there. He was so happy to join us. He was so appreciative of the artistry that the Queens served to us. He was so curious and funny and disarming. I just, it's not often, I don't know about you. I grew up in like very small town, you know, kind of backwards thinking farm town, Alberta in Canada. And it's very rare that I have access to cisgendered heterosexual caucasian men who are that comfortable in their own being and are so disarming and kind and um curious about learning about queer community like it's it, he's one of very few people in my life that i've had that experience with yeah absolutely i'm like i'm basically terrified of straight men i find them triggering to be honest just from like my experience growing up so every time you've got a presentation of a straight man who's just like super cool and not only cool but like excited and encouraging and, and and inquisitive like that that does goes a long way to kind of chipping away those kinds of bad experiences i guess agreed yeah and we we did have um i shouldn't i should know we did have several um you know straight white cisgendered uh crew members behind the scenes who were all just as you know equally happy to be there and so open and kind but i think that there's something so interesting and important about uh, somebody who's a public figure like tom green who's mm -hmm. using his platform to be seen you know to to for all of those straight those straight dudes out there in the world who are going to be flipping through the channels on Thursday night and wouldn't normally ever stop when they see drag queens on a main stage, but then they see Tom Green there as well. That'll give them reason <laughs> to pause. And hopefully they'll learn something by being exposed yeah. to queer culture, you know? Well, I get, like, I get all the time um, straight men messaging me on Instagram, like, and it's not what you're thinking, like, <laughs> their girlfriends have shown them the show and they love it or like i've had guys come up to me in the street and be like are you crystal from drag race like me and my girlfriend watched the show like we thought you were amazing and like i just think it's i think it's a real testament to the show to how far we've come as a society um you know if i think back to me as a teen or as a child i could never have imagined that kind of scenario and and now we've got gay people being celebrated by by not just straight women but straight men it's really cool yeah, it's it's so special. I don't know if I ever would have thought that I would get to this point in, in my life as well, based on my experience, uh, you know, growing up as, you know, just a lot of the trauma that I think queers was we as queer people endure from the heteronormative society at large. Where 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 were you raised in Canada? In in Nova Scotia. <gasps> oh, you're an East Coast queen. Uh huh. Uh huh. So something that I that I experienced. I've only been to the Maritimes once. I went out for a couple of days of work in Newfoundland, in St. Yeah. John's, um, just for a couple of days. And something that, that I experienced, I was really, really surprised by the level of community and camaraderie and the seeming um, level of acceptance 
for drag queens and the and the drag community there. How so many mm-hmm. of the queens were were performing at not specifically uh, they weren't gay bars or 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 drag performance bars. They were like straight bars, and, mm-hmm. and they had cra- they would draw in crowds from all mm-hmm. walks of life. I was mm-hmm. did, did you feel did you did you notice that same vibe in Nova Scotia? Is that like a Maritimes thing? I think that's a Newfoundland thing, but it's very similar to how it is in the UK because drag used to be very much a straight person's entertainment in the UK mm-hmm. because of the pantomime tradition. So like straight families would all go see drag queens at Christmas and it was just kind of everyone grew up watching drag in the UK and it's mm-hmm. that kind of similar kind of vibe. Yeah, in Nova Scotia, I, I would say that like community is huge on the East Coast and um, it's like the friendliest place you'll ever go. But there's also a lot of problems with also racism and homophobia and and, mm-hmm. and poverty and all all kinds of other issues but um mm-hmm. i guess it's a bit like the south in america it's just like it's also really salt of the earth and really friendly yeah it's an interesting juxtaposition of the two isn't it mm. it's, it's interesting i find it I, I think it's fascinating that you're commenting on this though because i think it's something that americans don't really have reference for they don't really associate like racism poverty homophobia misogyny all of the, the all of that dark dark bullshit with canada necessarily and right. it certainly exists it just exists on a different level than it does in the yes. states yeah absolutely you know? i think canadians we love to pat ourselves on the back and say you know everything's everything's great there but there's a lot there's a lot to answer for and a lot to examine in, in Canadian society as well. It's just... I, I agree. And I think that so much of it is like what we're experiencing here in the United States when it comes to the reckoning of racial injustice is that apologies can be made and some apologies have been made to um, the atrocities that have taken place uh, uh, on behalf of white people, um, you know, uh, destroying the lives and communities and, and sacred land of First Nations and Indigenous Aboriginal people in Canada. But I think that there is in order for any sustainable change to be made there. It's more than just an apology. There has to be like account ability and then actions made towards not even i don't reparations gets people all tied up with with what that term means to so many other people but just like some level of uh of of making positive active action step towards yeah stop stop building pipelines through native land and maybe investigate and maybe investigate some of the missing indigenous women. That would be, those are some good, good starting actions. Oh, that's so real. That is so real. Well, I hope that y'all are are still with us for, for, as we, as we deep dive through this realness, um, you know, yeah, sorry, we in, digressed, didn't we? No, you know, n- nothing, nothing to, nothing to apologize for Canadian style because truly, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, and we as queer people should know more than ever that, um, you know, that that in order for us to receive equality and equity and access to the the mainstream world that the heteronormative society holds the key to. Um, you know, if if none of us are free, or if some of us aren't free, none of us are free. So mm-hmm. we just have to we have to keep that in mind and be there for our our fellow brothers and sisters and non-binary siblings. Um, but we digress. We digress. <laughs> so back back to the main stage with our cishet uh, host 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 of the evening, Tom Green, uh, introducing the category, which is Canadian tuxedo denim on denim on denim realness. So I want to get into these looks with you yes. starting off with scarlet bobo what are you thinking of of bobo's look so this is obviously very brooklyn heights episode one which yes. is 
which is why Brooklyn loved it. Yeah, um, I good. I think it's fab. I love what everything that's happening under the jacket. I love the neon. Um, I don't love the jacket that much, to be honest with you. Um, but I think the whole the whole package is really cool. And I think she, I mean, she's the best makeup artist in the cast. She looks amazing. Look at that mug. It is. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's, like, it's, it's making my mouth water. And seeing yeah. it up close like this, it's just, she is, she, she's a magician. I mean, yeah. I, I I, I, I'm I'm literally stumbling over my words right now. She's magnificent. I don't even normally like a black lip, but that black mm -hmm. glossy lip, oh, it's so lovely. It's just um, so juicy. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know how I didn't put two and two together until this very moment that you're right. It's like the same color of yellow of neon yellow and denim as Brooklyn's yeah. <laughs> first look. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so funny. It's so so funny. Well, great minds think alike. But I love that like she's got it's clearly jeans like she's got pockets everywhere mm -hmm. she's got um like waistbands like it just really looks deconstructed and the the undergarment is really cool i wish i could actually see that undergarment a little bit more yeah i i do too i i love bobo's ability to serve us this like this oh, this like hardcore punk rocker vibe but keep the feminine flair there like she's still yeah. so so femme in this look She's so incredible. Yeah, it's like, it's always very polished. So it's like punk, mm -hmm. but polished with her. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's a, it's a cool aesthetic. It, it really works for her. Canadian punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punk, but nice. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So next up, we have Alona Verley. So t I, I, I really, I need to hear what you think about this look before I, before I dive in. Well, I was really excited to see this because we've seen her in pastels the whole series so far so her coming out in, in dark hair in this dark denim I really liked it and I think um I think it's a cool look it really says denim to me it says it's different for her um I'm not into the I'm not into the earrings with it I think if I'm being picky and you mm -hmm. guys thought she needed to to get some foundation on her on her butt but I think it's a bold choice to go out without tights and I and I kind of applaud her for it I think it looked cool I agree. Okay, so I must say and preface this because we're going to have people coming for us for for that little that little uh, comment. It was not. It wasn't. It's not that we were body shaming her. Her ass is of not. Her ass is incredible. Her body is gorgeous. That booty is so so juicy. It was just that the paint on her face was so beautiful and it was so warm. And then when you turned around, it was you know the middle of winter in Canada, and these queens had been in the studio <laughs> for the past month. So it was just a little. It was a little more. It was a little paler than the rest yeah, of her skin right. so it was not it was not it was not body shaming at all it was just like legit it was you know like just to match the warm skin tone that you've got from the neck up to bring that all the way down i think that's going to be a lesson for everyone watching and every drag queen forevermore who doesn't think about like trixie mattel foundations her hands yeah so it's like why would you go to all the effort of doing your face and then not think about the rest of the skin that's on show so it makes sense yeah, um, I love these uh, glued down spit curls framing yes. her face. I think they're stunning. This girl is a makeup artist, honey. Yeah, she looks great. I think it's a really cool and successful look. Um, I, I like the strong shoulder. I like the strong collar. I'm into it. I'm into it too. I will say that one of my least favorite garments in the history of garments are chaps. Yeah, I've heard this about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's rare that they're going to be as flattering as they are in 
someone's imagination unless it's like mm-hmm. Tom of Finland, you know? Like yeah, it's just totally. And also we I think we've reached peak chaps. It's time to let chaps go. We have Agreed. too many drag queens in chaps. Oh, I'm thank you, Crystal. I'm so <laughs> glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Well, next next up we have uh Bitch on Arrival, Boa giving us this this dark angel fantasy. What do you think? Yes. I see I really loved this look. I think yeah. she looks like the hype girl for like Guns N' Roses or or like White Snake. She's so like late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. rock and roll. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I know we've seen like tasselly tattered wings on Drag Race before, but I don't have anything. I don't have a problem with this look. And her makeup again is incredible. Her and Boba are the ones that I'm always like, oh, these girls know how to do drag. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'm into it. This this is my other big disagree with the with the judges this week, I think. Ooh, girl. Yeah. I know. I want <laughs> I, 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 I have I have I have several many things I want to get into with you actually because I was watching your face the entire time as we were watching this episode and I could see your 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 eyes dart <laughs> across the screen in certain moments. I'm just so curious to hear what you have to say. Um I I too really, really dig this look. I think that Boa this this bitch this bitch on arrival knows how to dress her body and show off every inch of every curve and just make mm-hmm. my mouth water from the time that she steps out onto the main stage to the time that her little booty uh, uh, jets around that corner. Um, I I think that last week's look with the feathered headdress it did look a little disheveled and looked like it was not intentional yeah. like it like she had just pulled it out of out of a suitcase i think that this was intentional this look with the with the wings and i i dig it i loved the parallels between um this and tom green's childhood oh church play look that moment was everything when tom green calls his mother from the main stage to have her yeah. send a pic of his costume from him playing the wind when he was five years old <laughs> it's eerily boa, similar these yeah, two looks tom green playing the wind and boa just has wind yeah <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I really, yeah, I, I, I do like this look. I think that it's, it's very quintessentially boa. It's just, I, I think that it was Brooklyn that took issue with the fact that it was just another, another bodysuit, and that mm-hmm. I just, I can't, I can't disagree with it. When you, when we've yeah. seen it like two or three times before, it's, yeah, you know, it's, is that all there is? But think of all the suitcase space she gave to those wings. <laughs> think of it. <laughs> You're allowed so few suitcases, and she brought those. So I, you just have to give her props for, for bringing props. You Touché. know, yeah. Touché. Um, also, this is the first time that Titty Bib has like has looked right because she. This is this is her Titty Bib from the end of Green Gables look as uh-huh. well, isn't it? And uh-huh. they're just sometimes they look a little bit too high and a little bit too close together. But yeah. like in in this one, it's ooh, I just want to grab them. They're so good. I'm right there with you. I was thinking. I think she used this breastplate earlier in earlier in the episode during her psychic stripper bit. You couldn't see it because yeah. you were on the other side of the wall. But but I agree. I think that I don't know what she did. If she like massaged them into place or something, but they are <laughs> they're, they're 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 sitting right. They're sitting as yeah. they should be. Okay. Yeah. Next up with this denim demon diva, Jimbo. Uh, give it give it to me, Crystal. Uh. JBC, you know I've worn a gimp mask or two in my time, and I yes, and I've worn a high pony in my time, and this is just so mm-hmm. successful. This is mm-hmm. this is the look of the night. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got I've just got nothing bad to say about it. Uh, Me either. 
it's just so cool. It's so cool. And like, she takes the Lee Browery, but she takes it to a different place. I love that it's blue underneath. Like you just, you kind of want to know what's underneath all of that, all of that denim. It's kind of, mm-hmm. like it's exciting. Um, the only thing I would say is her runway walk. I felt like she was playing like Attack of the 50 Foot Woman and she was like stepping on buildings as she was yeah. coming down the runway. <laughs> what are you oh, doing? That's good. Oh God, that's good. She should have, she, that's, that's exactly it. She should have had some props, some like yeah. a, a skyline of Manhattan in her wake. That's yeah. so real. But but Jimbo took our critiques from a few weeks ago and did bring the makeup all the way down. You don't see a peak of her natural tones uh, of skin uh, uh, under that mask or on her hands. I mean, she is she's living the full French vanilla fantasy right now. Yeah, she looks amazing. And I don't know if you can like I don't know if you can buy denim fabric like that. That's already patchwork. But because if not, that is like just think of all the people who went blind sewing that costume. It's in, it's amazing. Exactly. I believe if i remember correctly that she that she, i mean she's a costume designer that she mm-hmm. did she did work on this i think that she may have had a hand from a friend but she if i remember correctly this is all hand stitched i mean this is this is Insane. quite the look just like Jimbo. yeah people's heads are going to blow when they see this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely um next up we have rita baga serving us so what I'm a rock star pink vibes. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Of this? Uh this was not my favorite tonight. She I think she looks great. It's a really good look, but it doesn't say denim on denim on denim to me. Mm. And I don't know I don't know if it's because the denim is so dark, but it it kind of just looks like it's like it doesn't look like it's made out of denim. Um, it didn't look like it on the runway. It doesn't really look like it in this photo now. Um, this is the thing about, as you know well, about the main stage of of Drag Race is that those lights, honey, mm-hmm. those lights will either serve you well or knock you onto your ass, depending on what uh, the given look of the day is. But this did read very much as denim in person, right. in, in right. front of our eyes. It's just, it's just not picking. It's not picking up on camera, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved that it all tore away. Like I thought her body looked amazing underneath all the layers. Gorgeous. I, and I absolutely love Frida Becker. Like I have so much time for her. She really mm-hmm. reminds me of me. She's like she's a little bit of an outsider. I think she feels a bit misunderstood in the competition. Like mm-hmm. I really get her and I think she's so, so, so talented, but this this isn't my favorite look of hers. It's but it's it's not bad. It's just it's just when I when I think denim, I wanna see I wanna see like buckles and belts and pockets yes. or like loads of frayed edges or like what Jimbo did what Boa did what yeah. um what Bobo had on underneath like that's what I want to see when I hear denim right no I I hear you I hear you I personally absolutely love this look I love um seeing the side of Rita Bega I love that she was so she showed this like sexy sensual side as uh, when she was giving us the reveal which none of us had mm-hmm. seen before really um it's it's tough like what i want people to hear is that on rupaul's drag race at the end of the day it's rue making these decisions yes. you know he will t- he will take the advice and the critiques of of his fellow judges but it is one person making the decision at the end of the day and when it's when it comes to canada's drag race it's three of us it's the thruple it's myself brooklyn and stacy so we kind of have yes. to compile all of our three different perspectives and our pros and our cons and our strengths and our weaknesses and kind of just weigh it out. And, and one of us isn't necessarily going to get our way every time. And Hey, drag is subjective. 
totally absolutely and we also we we took into consideration the main stage look along with the maxi challenge performance mm-hmm. and jimbo was spectacular in her maxi challenge performance but rita mm-hmm. really did shine in every single moment in mm-hmm. every delivery of her lines whether it was in english and french and you know hearing we stacy was there stacy was there in person directing these queens as they went along and she was just like like you saw her just like doe-eyed googly-eyed dying over rita rita baga's acting performance so uh it was it was a tough call but totally but they both win in this case because rita gets the actual win and the prize and jimbo yeah. gets the 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 fan saying that she was robbed and that's always a great position <laughs> to be in. <laughs> and calling for our heads in, the, yeah. in all, it's just all it's just you that has to suffer <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll I'll stay off Twitter for a couple of days after this episode. <laughs> uh, next up, we have we have Priyanka serving Angela from Oshawa. She's a bad girl. What do you think of this? This is actually before before I ask you. This is probably the only example of a quote unquote chap that I that I do dig. I know it's just like a it's a thigh high boot, but it's her take on a chap. Yeah. Um. So Priyanka looks hot. Priyanka always looks hot. Um. But again, I'm just like, eh, this is fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't feel excited about it. And also it's got the sad distinction of having a very similar jacket to Bobo's, just not mm-hmm. as good. And it's also mm-hmm. it also came down second. So, And whereas Bobo had that amazing, intricate patchwork thing on underneath, mm-hmm. Priyanka doesn't. So um, you end up comparing the two and it doesn't stack up as much. But I think that's that's the problem sometimes when when you go on drag race and you don't have as much experience like you just uh-huh. you're learning as you go along and you know she's going to watch the series and wish she'd given all her wigs a brush before she went out on stage and Ooh. and and now she'll know <laughs> I, saw, I saw i saw you nodding along with brooklyn when she <laughs> when she when she read her wig <laughs> but you know um, I, ideally you don't go on drag race to learn how to do drag better but I did. Every lots of people do, mm. and it it doesn't mean that you're you're not a good queen. It's just you still got some learning to do. And like this is a good look. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to set anyone's hearts aflame. It's stunning. I think that she looks absolutely gorgeous in it. But it's more pretty fashion girl than dr- it doesn't scream drag mm. to me. A, a cis girl could wear this, and I would just think that it's a fly ass outfit as opposed yeah. to drag. Yeah, you know, and this would be great. Also, I think actually this would be great in the club for a number. But again, mm. it's like it's it's not main stage, and mm-hmm. you know that jacket could use a like a lining. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just now mm-hmm. I'm just really nitpicking. Right, I think that the or color Priyanka. of this. Right. Well, I mean, she's still she's still she's still fucking stunning. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not really up for debate. It's just not it's it doesn't it doesn't I think I, I think I said it when I was on the main stage. It just doesn't have that wow factor that we have come to to know and expect from Priyanka. So when mm-hmm. she serves anything less than that, it's just like, meh, you know, yeah, Um, with the color of this fabric, she ran into the same problem as Rita Bega, where it yes. read as denim right before our eyes. But when the lights hit it, it just looks like a dark navy blue jersey, yeah. maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah, it almost looks like toweling or something, yeah. like, especially, like, wrapped around the head. Yeah, you don't think denim runway. Right. Well, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Lemon in a 100% thrifted and repurposed look. What yeah. do you think? So, you guys weren't feeling this, but, like, to be honest, 
when I hear Denim Runway, this is kind of what I want to see. Like, it's yeah. it's surprising. It's weird. The sleeves were really cool. Her walk was amazing. She sold it. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, there might have been some fit issues. There could have been some editing. And again, I think Lemon is someone who's probably still figuring out her craft to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... I'm sure she'll she's going to look at this and think, "Oh yeah, I wish I'd done that differently and this differently." But like, I don't I don't hate this look. I don't hate it either. I just think it's a little bit confused. I don't yes. I don't know if there's not there's not much of it that is uh, that really flows together. It seems like a bunch of different outfits kind of thrown. It seems like it was a design challenge. It, it feels like mm-hmm. her design challenge from episode one, where she was given a bunch of scraps and kind of had to throw it together and didn't really mm-hmm. make a, a cohesive look. It's interesting, and the pieces of it are interesting. She's beautiful. I agree. The walk was everything. Um, you know, the energy that she brought on, out onto the runway this week was exactly the type of energy that we've been wanting to see in Lemon's um, main stage walks. But it just, I guess it just didn't really hold up in comparison to her sisters this week. Yep. And I think she's been getting like a bit of a hard time for like not not padding or not corseting. And um, I think like drag comes in all shapes and sizes and you should you should definitely wear whatever makes you feel great. And like my drag these days, I tend to just put on like a silk slip dress and just be like full boy with like mm-hmm. a beat and a wig. Like I love doing that. But I think when you look at the runway on Drag Race, like what we're excited about as viewers is to see a transformation. And so mm-hmm. if you if you don't give us a corset or a or some some proportion in the body, then that means that everything else has to work all that much harder to like mm-hmm. cover to make up that transformation. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think in this case, like we could have used something more. That's a great point. Well, spe- speaking of something more, Brooklyn is asking the most of the queens this week with the 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 iconic, uh, uh, legendary, toughest question of the season: Who should go home tonight and why? And in this moment. In a four to seven gag, Bobo, Alona, Boa, and Jimbo all say Lemon, and Rita Baga, Priyanka, and Lemon all say Alona Verley's name. Yeah, I was I was shocked by this. I was shocked. Yeah, from everything I've seen, I I can't imagine why anyone would be saying Lemon at this point. She seems like a really great competitor. And okay, so maybe this runway got read read to filth by the judges, but like. she's had a great track record Mm -hmm. um so i was really surprised that her name kept coming up and maybe it's like stacy said that they were all feeling a bit threatened maybe it's it's i think you just hit the nail on the head right there is that we had no reference for the girls relationships backstage or in the workroom or what their dynamics actually were like so it was a gag for us that lemon got it got hit so hard in that moment but you know if they ain't paying your bills pay them bitches no mind honey yeah i really felt for lemon in that moment and like in untucked you can see she's like she's got that lip tremble she's like she's trying to be tough but like that mm-hmm. that's gotta hurt to hear all of to hear that from all of those people that are your friends definitely and even backstage when the queens run tucking they immediately tap into their canadian nicey niceness or at least they try to and immediately uh start explaining and apologizing to lemon for ganging up on her which doesn't really make the situation any better and mm-hmm. lemon ends up calling alona out for having a wall up against her the entire season and alona says that lemon is is everything that she wishes she was and i couldn't at first i thought i was like oh is this genuine or is, is this 
are you setting her up for something? And I, I really think that was a genuine moment. She really just like, mm-hmm. she just bared, she bared her heart right there. She's saying that mm-hmm. I've, you're the, the pretty girl in high school that I've compared myself to my whole life. And mm-hmm. I, this is why I feel this way about you. I thought that was a really bold moment. Yeah, that's like, it's, it's a shame it came out the way it did. And it's a shame she couldn't have had that epiphany before she said Lemon's name on the runway or, you know, she could have maybe analyzed that before that because unfortunately Lemon has borne the brunt of something that isn't her mm-hmm. fault. But it's a really cool, it's really cool that Alona kind of admitted that. Totally. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a it's a competition, right? It's a competition. Yeah. It's a TV yeah. show. They had to say something. We, the judges, yeah. were asking them to to name a name, so they were kind of put in a tough position where they where they had to do so. And it's not personal. It's just like with the the, the critiques that that we give the queens, or that uh, you know the the UK panel gave you on your season. Like it, it's not personal. It is drag. It is a TV show, and we're just here at the end of the day to give you some pros, give you some cons, and hopefully make you a better performer at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. I guess yeah. the real shock to me that Lemon's name got mentioned so much is that I think that like her performance in the main challenge was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like she was the only one that had me laughing from start to finish. Like just sat mm-hmm. here by myself. I'm just laughing. And mm-hmm. uh, so I guess I would have probably, if it were me in that position, I would have chosen someone who I think had done more poorly in the main challenge and, and not based it on the runway. I loved Lemon's acting performance. I think it's undeniable that she's a very talented, very natural actor with no um, training whatsoever. But my my main issue and my critique with that performance was it was the, it was the same voice and same character as in episode two with the heritage moments, right. you know. Right. But yeah. But you know, which it's. I don't know, out there in the real world, if you're doing a one woman show, maybe you can get away with that. But when you were only when you only have a handful of acting challenges mm-hmm. and you choose to present us with the, the same character twice, the character that you mm-hmm. won your first maxi challenge with, by the way, you know, so it was mm-hmm. a memorable moment. It wasn't something that just slid under the radar. It, it was it was just it was it was a bit jarring, truthfully. Yeah. But Fair point. Boa says that she thinks Lemon doesn't come across as being genuine. There's just like drama, drama, drama backstage. This is not RuPaul's best friends race. These queens are up each other's butts this week. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. The tensions are high. Yeah. It's going to happen. Like they're all exhausted. They're cold. Um mm-hmm. And they're stressed out. Of course, they're going to be at each other's throats. Yeah, it's, that's that's sisterhood, honey. Well, back on the main <laughs> stage, we we announce the winner of this week's maxi challenge, who is Rita Baga, who wins a custom designed wardrobe from Northbound Leather in the amount of ten thousand dollars. So incredible! It's that's a good that's a good that's an amazing gift. So I was watching your face in this moment as Brooklyn announced Rita Baga as the winner. What what were you thinking? Were you just were you were you Team Jimbo? Is that what was going on here? I think to, I think Jimbo was the winner of this week's challenge. If I if it, if it were up to me, mm-hmm. um, I was also gagged that she won ten grand of leather goods, and I was mm-hmm. also thinking, is this Rita's third win? This is Rita's third win. Yeah, she won In- the incredible. First, the first, yeah, she won, and her first two wins were design challenges. I know. So she's got two mm-hmm. design challenges and an acting challenge. Like she mm-hmm. is like a powerhouse, and she's like sneaking under the radar as well, which is mm-hmm. I really love. She's like. Silent but deadly. It's really, yeah, she's incredible. She's she. I mean, she's spectacular. She's great TV. Um, so the safe queens of the, of the week are Jimbo, which many might might not agree with. But if if we could give two winners of the week, Jimbo would have been it, honey. <laughs> maybe maybe we just gotta we just gotta start doing that next season. It's just giving yeah. double wins and double Shantae's <laughs> there. You know, let's we'll just please everybody. No one ever goes home. 
ever this is like it's like it's like drag race for gen z and millennials who every, you know, everybody gets a trophy kids everybody gets a trophy it's like god damn it's just tv kids uh so jimbo save along with scarlet bobo priyanka and lemon and the bottom two lip syncing for their lives to alessia cara's scars to your beautiful are alona verley and boa um i i i want to know who do you want to say who would have been your bottom two if not if not Alona and Boa? Ooh, it's tough, think, right? Yeah, I. Ah, oh, it is tough. I think I probably would have put Bobo in the bottom this week only because I would have judged it as a whole on the on the acting challenge, and I think their commercial was my least favorite. And Bobo had a great look on the runway, but. I don't think it was enough to make up for the commercial, but that's like, it's subjective and it's subjective. You, know, you guys obviously liked their commercial. So, but for me, it, it didn't really do it. It was a bit one note and the other two commercials were really funny and like really engaging. So even though there were some like runway misfires on the other team, I think that's probably where I would have gone, but mm. um, that, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it, honey. Mm-hmm. But it makes like, I also see it. It makes sense. Okay. Well, I was also watching your face during the lip sync, and as we could hear the queen standing at the back of the stage yelling for Alona and Boa to step up the energy. I want to know what you were thinking, but all I was thinking was it was like a throwback to my very first time ever sitting on the main stage uh, as a guest on the panel of RuPaul's Drag Race in season nine when it was Trinity the Tuck Taylor uh, versus Charlie Hyde in the lip sync. And it was the same thing. It was the queen standing at the back of the stage yelling, come on, move. Whoa, you, were, you were there for that episode. I was there for that episode for your UK sister, honey. Oh, damn. Right. So this is like, this is not an easy song. Um, and I think you kind of do have to give it that slow, serious, focused energy. And um, I felt like Boa was just a little bit lost. She didn't quite know what to do in that lip sync. She was, mm. uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to do that song. I wouldn't have wanted to do that song either. It was a toughie. Anything that's like even borders on ballad, it's just... And especially like normally a ballad, you can be camp or you can bring funny. But this is, that's like a, it's a serious song. And I'm sure Boa, if she'd been allowed to like, if she'd been able to bring it, make it into kind of a comedy lip sync, could have done something Mm -hmm. really amazing. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think she floundered a bit with the sincerity. And I think Alona did capture that like, that um yeah that like since that sincerity mm-hmm. yeah she was she was definitely feeling it ripping off her jewelry and smashing mm-hmm. it down she i could i could feel it i could feel every every ounce of her energy well that's it for this portion of the pod i want to say thank you to my extra special guest this week crystal for joining me and i'm gonna have you stick around with me because you've seen more of this season than i have so i want to know what some of your upcoming <laughs> favorite moments will be we'll, we'll kiki about that uh, uh before i come back but thanks so much for being here with me crystal it's been thank such a you joy. so much for having me i absolutely loved it and um congratulations on an amazing season so far thanks honey thank you so much for joining us you made this episode for us you really did you were spectacular i'll take that <laughs> take it take it and run with it all right, stick stick around, kitty girls. I'll be right back with this week's Eliminated Queen coming up next. Hello, my divas. It's your Essex girl, Cheryl Hole here. Now, you know I love my girl group. So I've started a brand new podcast called Girl Group Gossip. 
Each week, we discuss in depth our favorite girl groups from the Saturdays to Girls Aloud to the Pussycat Dolls and maybe even Desperate Housewives. You name it, we'll discuss it. Joining me on the podcast, I have got some extra special guests and extra special co hosts. So tune in each week and let's have a gossip. I'm here with the one and only Bitch on Arrival, Boa. Hey, girl. How are you, Jeffrey? Oh, I am spectacular, honey. How's your head? Good. My head, well, I haven't had any complaints. Yes. You know, you're the second <laughs> queen. You're the second queen of the season to actually get that that punchline right. Good. Who is the other one? Kiara. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well the tea is though i've heard she has had some complaints so <laughs> no, Girl, i will i will leave it at that how are you no. it's, so, it's so good to see you boa how you doing yeah i'm good it's it's so good to see you oh my god that smile of yours i haven't mm. seen that in a minute and no. it's so nice to just be chit-chatting and seeing that smile and i'm good i feel amazing i feel happy i feel I feel uh, like I'm ready for the Melkin. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. It's, it's been such an interesting thing because here in Los Angeles, as you know, we're still pretty much on lockdown, and so many of the season twelve yeah. queens didn't. So many of the season twelve queens from from RuPaul's Drag Race didn't get the experience that that everyone expects, right? When the season airs and y'all are doing club appearances and personal appearances and flying all over the world and doing performances and um, things are a little bit different in Canada than they are down here. And I have heard that even with COVID, y'all have a certain level of like freedom and mobility in Canada that we're still very much lacking, right? Yeah. Um you and Starzy got to go do some got to go do a a, a viewing party together earlier in the season? Yeah. So we do we do um lower capacity viewing parties and um things are slowly opening up because we're I guess we're taking the right steps and everyone's wearing their masks and um, yeah. And I, I guess we're lucky. Like I'm very thankful and grateful that I'm able to do some of these parties. I was actually in Calgary this weekend. Wow. Um, yeah. Doing some shows. So it was, it was actually really, really nice because it was like, it was kind of like a taste of what my life would have been like if mm. um, COVID hadn't happened. So mm. it was, yeah, it was very nice to be kind of away from the city somewhere else. Um, just kind of getting that star treatment, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, you and that star treatment that's so well deserved, Boa. I'm such a, I'm such a. I, I mean, I, I, you know, seeing your star power was something that was so evident to us from the very first moment that you stepped out onto the main stage. What has, what has the response been for you since the since the show began airing? Um, the response has been like pretty great. Um, yeah, I get, um, I get a lot of love, and it's so nice, and it's. It's been it's really been such a roller coaster. I'm gonna be completely honest and transparent in Please. this uh chit chat. But it's it really has been such a roller coaster. Um the positive is amazing. All of the positivity is coming into my inbox. Um it's the the fans are so passionate and there's so much love for them to give to give out and um it's it's really great to see like fan art and um it's that sense is it's really great mm -hmm. uh there has been some kind of negativity i guess with everything mm -hmm. um which i guess in a covid world it's been a bit difficult to um almost not internalize i would say because mm. we're like kind of stuck and not not working mm -hmm. as much but that being said 
the Drag Race journey has been amazing. The fans are amazing. It's crazy to see myself on television. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like, it's been such an experience and I'm so happy that I've been able to live it and live it with you essentially i guess <laughs> yeah it's been it's been crazy for me seeing you on tv too i just it's it's every ounce of you that is like that that charming vivacious energy that care that charisma that you just that just seeps out of you that we felt in person it definitely translates on screen thank you thank yeah. you yeah have you have you been watching with your with your friends and family what is the response yeah. from from them uh, um yeah i've been watching with uh my friends and family, my partner, I'm so lucky to have, he comes to all the viewing parties um, with mm. a few close friends and it's been really great. It's just, it's exactly how I imagined it. Like mm. being with my friends and family and everyone is so proud of me and everyone's loving what I'm doing. And it's just, mm. it's so cool to get that kind of congratulations. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, it's just like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, um, it's such an accomplishment just getting on mm. the season and then so getting on the season and being so authentically me and yes and being such a, a dumbass which is what <laughs> i do like i i love being a dumbass i love being like um poking fun at myself so being able to mm -hmm. do that and and make other people laugh has been so great so i think everyone is seeing the real me on television yes. and they're just like really into it Definitely. Are there are there any moments that ended up in the in the final edit that surprised you or any moments that you that were really memorable to you at the time on set that didn't make it to the cut? Well, I'm just really glad that um, what didn't get what didn't make the cut was when me and Kine got in that fist fight. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's so crazy because um, our mine and kind's fight in the first episode mm -hmm. i almost forgot about mm. i think it was because it was episode one and we were all like kind of so so crazy from just mm -hmm. just the adrenaline going mm -hmm. that i like i didn't realize it was so big and it was so crazy to see because me and Kind are like friends like <laughs> i love her like she is really me like too. such a gem yeah. she is such a sweetheart and like we were like laughing about it after. So it was just so crazy to kind of see that. Like even since, since filming, we've like hung out a few times, we've worked together, we've chit chatted on the phone. Mm. So just to see that happen and then see the audience's reaction was like kind of so crazy to see. It is so crazy to see. And I totally get what you're saying that it, like there's so many, cause we, we film for hours upon hours upon hours every single day. So we do forget little moments, you know, that, that came to pass things that we said, things that we did, because it doesn't really stand out in our memory. And it's only when we see it on TV at the end of the day that we're reminded of it. Uh, were, were there any moments that were super impactful for you? Like what are your, what are your favorite memories from being on set with us? Being on set with you. Oh God. Um, I will never forget the adrenaline of being um, on the runway was mm. the most like, it was the most um, intense feeling and it, <laughs> it was, it was so good. And it was like, it was so scary, but it was so amazing. Right. Like I'll never forget that. Mm. Yeah. It feels like such a, I mean, it's such a dream because I feel like for so many Queens making it, to drag race to the main stage is the ultimate dream what mm -hmm. was that a vision was that a vision that you held for yourself i feel like so many canadian queens didn't even really consider it a possibility it wasn't no it was not a vision i had for myself because i was like there's no way i can like what 
like I would, there's just so many steps that you would have to kind of go through. And I didn't see myself being able to take those steps. So when, when Canada was announced, I was like, I was kind of like pissed about it when it was announced. I was like, oh God, now I got to apply for this. And if I don't get on, I'm going to be so upset. And this, that, and the other thing. I remember it so clearly because I was like, I was walking to the Eaton Center in downtown Toronto with yeah. um, Starbucks. And uh, <laughs> I saw the announcement. And I was like, oh shit. And then so I called my friends and I was like, I'm going to apply for this. Like, I want you to be involved. And then the rest is history. And you, you don't think about how how um crazy it is to be on set. Like mm-hmm. watching it, it's so fun to watch and it's all mm-hmm. laughs and this and everything. Walking into that workroom and being on being on set and walking on that runway, holy crap, that was something. <laughs> like mm. were you I mean, because we once again, there's just so much that was said and done that I can't remember every single detail of every moment. But I don't I remember us giving you so much love and so much affirmation did you why why were you so nervous uh, was that not always I, the case <laughs> well episode one episode one was i think i think it was episode one and two i was i was most nervous about because mm. it was still so new to all of us and and we had that love and affirmation um but still we're walking we're walking on the runway for the first time in the first season of Canada's Drag Race and yeah. it was huge and we had to make a statement and we had to be impactful and we had to showcase ourselves the best we could so it, mm-hmm. oh my god like it was just i can't even explain it like the adrenaline was just going walking into the workroom for the first time that was like mm. yeah oh probably the most intense feelings of my entire life was walking into that workroom <laughs> what was, it was your, good well yeah i can imagine it was i mean it was the same for me the first time because i was such a super fan of the show walking into the workroom and the main stage for the first time myself i was just completely my breath was taken away what was your relationship with the show like prior to being cast on it were you a super fan uh yeah i was I, a fan obviously i wouldn't say like crazy super fan i wouldn't like <laughs> make my I wouldn't like make a lemon my profile photo or something, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I like would host viewing parties every season. And oh, wow. I would enjoy watching it. And um, I would try to kind of um, wear something that would work with the runway that was that week and stuff. Oh, clever. Um, that's, that's so cute. I love that you did that. How, how and when did you first start doing drag? Oh God. I was, uh, I, w- I think I was 19. Yeah. I was 19 years old. And um I just was always interested in it. And I actually used to have dreams that I was a drag queen, which is crazy. Wow. And I was living, yeah, I was living in Windsor, Ontario, which is like a cute little city. It's my hometown. Um, and I, I, I was working a job that I hated. I was so miserable at this job. And uh, I worked there for about a year. And then I went through a breakup. Mm. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to move to Toronto. I'm going to start doing drag. And then I did that. And I... I had my ups and my downs and I slowly progressed and I, I jumped through some hoops and this is where it got me. Mm. I mean, upon, upon stepping foot into the workroom on day one, you were met with some stunned reactions. Some of the Toronto Queens who knew you before the show were gagged that you were there. What was, what was all that about? Well, I just didn't tell anyone I was on (laughs) 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 because like, there there were queens who are when the show was announced 
everyone said, okay, Scarlett, Priyanka, and Tainomi are totally going to get on. There's no mm-hmm. way they aren't. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I think I'm very much an underdog. People, um, people um, don't take me too seriously. So I just kind of did my application quietly mm-hmm. and I did my, I did my full audition quietly and really uh, kept my circle very close with people that I, I worked with and that was the plan. Like I wanted to gag everybody when I left and I walked into that workroom and I think I did a good job. You, I, you certainly did, honey, baby sugar child. Did you, were you, were you from, <laughs> how, how many of the Queens were you familiar with? Like, did you know personally aside from, from Scarlet Bobo, obviously? Uh, so there's Scarlet Tainomi, uh, Starzy, who I was so gagged that was there actually. I had no idea she would even, even considered applying so for to walk in there and see her there i was like really really stunned about that and i was very happy because i've um i've always loved starzy starzy Mm. is one of those kind of people she has um always treated me with the utmost kindness she's always been so warm to me giving me so much love and like when i saw her there i was like yes bitch yes (laughs) um juice box uh i do kine wow who else yeah i think that was pretty much it's like it. basically basically the whole damn cast what what is it about toronto that you think makes it such a hub for for these extraordinarily talented drag performers um i think like toronto is like what like the new york of canada or something it's like uh-huh. it's like um there's so much opportunity here and it's such a big city and there's so much uh culture here and it's like when you're when you're gay um and you grow up in a smaller town you you want to go you want to kind of go to the big city and mm-hmm. create a life for you amongst people like yourself people in your community so that's kind of what everyone does is they just come to toronto and they try to make a life for themselves what was your experience last week when you were in calgary was that your first time in alberta yeah it was um i'm from alberta actually i was born and raised are in you alberta. really yeah like i lived in calgary as a little kid but i was i was raised in like a tiny little small farm town in the middle of nowhere alberta that's cute did you like growing up in in like a farm town it was okay so i really enjoyed uh growing up in the farm town as a kid until you get to the age where other kids start calling you out for your otherness and for your queerness and i was adopted i was i was adopted as a kid and so i was raised by a white family i was really the only person of color that i knew so I I, oh, wow. I I loved being in that small town for the sense of freedom that I had and being able to play and use my imagination and feel physically safe for the most part. But as soon as you get to a certain age where all of a sudden everybody points you out as being the other um, and all eyes are on you and people are, you know, making up entire narratives yeah. about who you are based on one small sliver of, of your personality, that's that's when it became challenging yeah. so i get i get i get the same thing as you i felt the same way i mean i wasn't doing drag um per se but i but i had to i i strived for more i had to leave to a bigger city in order to to yeah. be able to live my dreams yeah what, what what was your experience like in in calgary performing it was great it was uh it was actually calgary itself was exactly kind of how i imagined it mm. <laughs> um uh the men were really hot there that was great like <laughs> holy shit like <laughs> corn, corn fed honey corn fed farm boys no, right like i think yeah. i came back with twins to be honest with you um <laughs> but um everyone was amazing the dry queens there were so sweet uh i i performed at a bar called twisted element it's uh it's like a bar now restaurant mm-hmm. it's managed by an incredible owner 
Um, the, the staff there was incredible. I felt mm. so welcomed, so appreciated, so loved. It was really like so nice. Like I, I just felt like a million bucks. Mm, you should. Yeah. Though. I'm so I'm so Dang. glad that you're getting this warm response from everyone. Um, it, I mean, it's, I feel like so much of it is because you you really did. You have this level of of being disarming because you can be quite self deprecating and have this this fun ability to make fun of yourself while still like living fully in your authenticity. And you showed your heart. You were so vulnerable in in this week's episode. For yeah. example, for example, you share. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, you haven't seen this week's episode yet. But in in this week's episode, you shared a very personal account of a sexual assault that you endured several years ago. And it's yeah. it's it's Crystal and I were talking about it earlier on in the episode. We just think it's so so courageous of you, so brave of you, and so necessary for you to have shared your experience on a platform like this. You chose to you chose to. Um, to to share a side of yourself that mo- that so many men and gay men never feel like it's safe to do. It's such a rare thing for men and gay men to publicly disclose details of of sexual violence. Um, and in telling your story, uh, you also said that you shared a picture of yourself on social media after the assault, and the queer community rallied behind you, offering their support. I, I want to know. Looking back on this incredibly challenging experience, are you able to take any wisdoms or lessons from the event itself or from the power of sharing your truth? Um, I find that, like, if you're, like, authentically yourself, that's where you're most, you will be most successful. Um, mm. For example, I, um, I always used to be kind of nervous about uh, being so outgoing because I am outgoing and I am, uh, I'm always trying to make fart jokes and this, that, and the other thing. And if I hold myself back, then um, I lose opportunities and I lose um, good things that can come. So I've mm. just learned with this experience, um, drag race with this experience, like just put your best self forward, be, as out there as you are comfortable with because some people will love you and some people will hate you and at the end of the day it really I guess matters about your happiness right with um with the assault and when I posted the photo I don't know why I just I woke up because I didn't even know it it happened I thought it was a dream and I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I said oh my god and I just I think I just wanted to make a statement because I was like, this could happen to anybody and this does happen mm-hmm. to people. So I wanted um, just to be like, Hey, this is what happened. Like be careful who you bring home because you never know. And I am just so lucky and grateful to have such an amazing community behind me to rally mm-hmm. behind me. And um, with that platform, I, I spoke more about it and I hopefully helped at least one person who may be going to do the same thing. Oh, Boa. I mean, without question, and the the broad reach that this episode is going to have. I mean, Crystal and I were talking about it, how deeply it resonated in our hearts. Um, it's it's you were really you're really being used for a purpose greater than yourself and sharing sharing this story because I think that so many people can see themselves in you prior to you telling this story and then hearing yeah. that something like this could even happen to you. It was I think it's gonna be very enlightening for for many people. Can I ask I was, so. was 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 uh, the man who um, 
your assaulter was was he ever held accountable for yeah it? he he went to jail um i'm not sure how many how long he went to jail for i i know it was like i think it was like two or three years he went to jail for um he he uh pleaded guilty so <laughs> yeah so that was great and i haven't really touched base since because it's something i kind of tried to put behind me it's not like mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. call up the investigators like hey how's he doing is he in jail still like you know what i mean it's like right. kind of like yeah. i got my closure with that and i'm so glad you did honey i'm so glad Thanks. that you did i mean i think that yeah so many people don't have that opportunity and i feel like it's um having a sense of closure around assault specifically and having somebody held accountable it's it makes the path to healing that much that much easier in some ways yeah you know? yeah. yeah no for sure yeah um you had so many bright splash worthy moments throughout the course of the season but i <laughs> i i, I want to know if if anything what would you have done differently mm. yeah. sure. <laughs> all right fuck it you don't have to you don't have to say anything if you wouldn't have done anything differently then that's then that's it that's the answer um well let me let me flip the question then if if uh if boa were to come back for all stars what advice would you give to yourself what would what would you do differently then what lessons did you learn that you would apply to to this time around um are you saying fuck y'all i'm not coming back for all stars (laughs) no i would like to come back um (laughs) shit man i don't know like uh oh yeah you know what okay um this 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 uh because when we first started filming mm-hmm. i was told um by some friends who worked in television that i should paint smaller and wear smaller lashes um because of it just doesn't translate the same on television uh-huh. so i didn't contour as, as heavy didn't highlight as heavy did smaller makeup and uh by the end of the season i was back to my regular makeup so uh-huh. i would just have fucking painted the house down bitch like literally now that i know like oh my god I saw my promo photo and I was like, that is not me, bitch. Like I can paint. Boa, every single episode, all that myself, the fellow, my fellow judges, Brooklyn and Stacy, every guest host that I've had on this podcast, all we do is just, is just, we're just goofed over your, your, your painting abilities. Where did you learn how to paint? Where'd you learn how to do makeup? You're so fucking good. Oh my God. Makeup is such a journey, honestly. Like I used to be so bad with my makeup and I still am in, in like some, like I, I'm not perfect at anything. Um, and I don't know. I think just practice, practice, practice. Like I just kept doing my makeup. I've been doing drag for six years, mm-hmm. and oh, it's it's put away. But I've been using the same stencil for my eyebrows. Oh, for years. Wow! And I and it's so funny because like I was like, oh my god, I cannot let anyone see me use this fucking stencil on the show because they're gonna <laughs> call my ass though. <laughs> so there's one shot when I'm getting ready, and you can see me. And you can um, see me using my stencil. I used to only use my stencil and just that was like an issue. And now I just use the stencil as kind of a guideline. And then I go over it with with liners and stuff to sharpen it and make it more defined. Can you paint other people's faces as well? No, I cannot. Oh, my God. Painting yourself is so different from painting somebody else. Like I can paint a mug of myself like I am. Like I can be really happy with the mug I'll paint on myself, but mm-hmm. you give me someone else to paint and they will look like a fucking mess. They will look like, <laughs> <laughs> they will look like, oh my God, I pulled them out of the gutter. Oh, 
that's amazing. Well, girl, that if if you gonna come back for All Stars one day, then that best be something you work on because you know that challenge is gonna be thrown your way eventually, right? Bitch, I'll just make eyebrow stencils. I'll make eyeliner stencils. <laughs> I'll make contour stencils. I'll make lip stencils. Yes, I'll make nose girl. contour stencils. Yes, Bitch. girl. Do do what you can. <laughs> do what you can. So let's talk about that last that last lip sync between yourself and Alona Verley. What were you What were you feeling if you remember during that last stand between the two of you? Can I be honest with you? Please. I was in so much fucking pain yeah. because my my feet were like killing me. Um, whenever when you, when we go away to film, everybody knows that um you kind of create a, like a cover story to yeah. say yeah. why you're gone. Everyone does it. Um, I said I was getting bunion surgery, which I should have <sighs> actually got because bitch, I got some fucking bunions. Let me tell you, girl. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, they're like everyone makes fun of me for it too and i'm like i was like guys this really sucks it hurts and so standing there with the wings on and everything and my boots like oh my god were those lace-up boots you couldn't just re- just rip them off could you they were lace-ups yeah they were lace-ups like uh, they, they would have taken a minute and the song was the song was slow and everything i know and like, i know ballads oh, are hard man. i get it i was hoping for like like girlfriend or something like because because you know like i say in the beginning of the show like blitz death drops high kicks i can't do it i can do splits i can do car wheels i can do i can do high kicks Mm -hmm. but i'm not about to sit there and high kick to scars dear beautiful (laughs) i mean fair enough fair enough imagine i just start car wheeling right (laughs) (laughs) okay well those are two things that we need to uh to to put on the list of things to do uh before yes before we have you back in in the main stage let's get let's get boa signed up for some <laughs> bunion surgery shall we yes girl there's <laughs> some orthotics yeah exactly well boa i i just want to let you know that we all girl i'm getting chills saying this right now i'm whoo tears to my eyes in this moment we all love you and we think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for bringing every ounce of what you brought to us this season. You're so phenomenal. I'm such a fan of yours. It was so hard to see you go, but we knew that we were sending you off to to a better place, you know? We knew that we knew that that uh you were by no means a loser or a failure just because you didn't make it to the very end. You are a winner in our hearts. You you captured our hearts and the hearts of millions of people all around the world. I love you, Boa. Thank you. I love you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And just to be there with, with everybody, it was really incredible. And, you know, I didn't come there to make friends. I came there to make lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you make it vegan for me so I can dip in on that next time? Absolutely, girl. You got it. Next time you're in Toronto, you're coming over. And I'm making you some lasagna. Oh, I'll let you know, honey. I will let you know. You are you're forever you're forever a part of the drag race family. We're all in this together. We love you, Bob. Oh, I love you. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, of course. Bye. Bye. Okay, kitty girls. Thanks for following along. I'd love to hear from the listeners what you think, what your favorite moments are so far, who are your standouts. Share your comments and the love on Instagram and Twitter at World of Wonder, hashtag Canada's Drag Race Podcast. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes to all of our queen's social pages so you'll know where to find them along with this week's extra special guest tom green brooklyn heights stacy mckenzie and myself once again you can catch all new episodes of canada's drag race every thursday night on wow presents plus in the united states and select territories logo 
Crave and Out TV in Canada, BBC Three in the UK, and Stan in Australia. We'll see you all back here next week with another extra special guest. And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind. So if y'all don't got nothing nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JBC, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.